Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early odds and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons, as always, because we are the three people that host this podcast. Uh, and we appreciate that you're here listening. Uh, we love that. Uh, thank you for joining us. And, uh, of course, you can always subscribe to us. We enjoy that very much. It helps us. And you can also rate us. Those are two things that help us. We would appreciate it. Um, like I said, five stars preferably, because really anything else is kind of like mean. Yeah. yeah, just don't be mean, okay? Um, we'll cry ourselves to sleep at night. Yep, and every time you give us a five star review, Tim Cook mails us a brand new iPod Classic, forty gig, and yes. we might we might give that to you. Yes, you know I was yes. reminiscing about my iPod just today, and I think what I realize I'm still nostalgic for is that I was proud that I had filled it with so much music. <sighs> and now with Spotify and Apple Music, it just feels like you can just. It's just there, and I didn't yeah. really do anything for this other than pay 15 bucks a month. You didn't earn it? I didn't earn it. Whereas my iPod, I was like, no, I, I bought all these or, you know, was it with friends or whatever. I mean, I wasn't stealing it. Blake, didn't you have, like, some cadence you were going through where you were trying to listen to every song in your library <laughs> yeah, on I've Yeah, not, I've not gotten I, – I need to pick that back up. Where, did, yeah. did you make it halfway even? I was probably 25% of the way through, <laughs> which is like a 10,000-song library. So that's yeah. not – it's not easy to get through that. Um, I should probably pick that back up. I just re-signed up for Apple Music because it gave me like a six-month thing. I was like, all right, I'm giving you another shot. I have not tried it since it first started. It was terrible when it first was released. So I'm going to give it another shot and see what happens. I dig it. I okay. do too. I, it's I, gotten I've better. Never, yeah, I've never I'll been. I'll try a, it. I've never been. Uh, never been super into the uh, Spotify like, but all. Uh, but I really like the Discover playlist. Yeah, they that's were the thing so that's dead on. There. They're so and much app, better. They're just still better. Uh, just to let you know, uh, okay. like that that hasn't changed. But uh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, good to know. Um, <laughs> that's our Spotify versus Apple battle. Uh, in in this. That you guys are both Apple Music, right? And I'm yeah, Spotify. Only, yes, but it's yeah. not. It's not out of like any. No, no, no. Strong loyalty or anything. It's just. Uh, I, I think it just works better with the stuff and I have. Stream, yeah. And stream quality for me. Yeah, yeah. It just seems stream, to work okay, better. Okay, I'll look into that. Okay, so anyway, that's our tangent on uh, Apple <laughs> Music <laughs> versus. Which you're listening to this on Apple Podcast. Uh, that's where you rate us is on Apple Podcast, not on Apple Music. Uh, just in case you were curious. Uh, today on the episode, we are doing the I Forgot to Look Up the Year that this came out uh, album named White Crosses from Against Me! Exclamation point. 2010. I say 2010. 2010 record uh, by Against Me. And Chris Monnier is going to take it away with 2010. Uh, facts. Yes. Okay. So Against Me is an American punk rock band, just so you know. American. Mm. Uh, formed in 1997, Naples, Florida, by singer and guitarist. And here's where I'm going to say the asterisk. So there's some, uh, obviously, um, the formerly known as Tom Gable, now known as Laura Jane Grace. So we're mostly talking about the record, uh, you know, the music uh, on this. So we won't delve too much into that. Um, But, uh, you know, we're going to do our best to get the pronouns the way that we think is the most appropriate. And we promise it's not our goal at all to offend anyone. This is not a political podcast or anything like that. We're just talking about the song. So, and, and but, we love this band and we love this band. Yeah. It's a great album. So but it please. is hard when we're talking about something that happened in the past. Right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> you he know, was Tom like, Gable when he recorded it. It's 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it, it it's it's a little complicated, but we we also we we just want everyone to know we certainly don't intend to offend if uh, if if we say him or her and uh, in the wrong spot. Just you know, send us a tweet, whatever. Um, we're happy to engage in that conversation. Or let it slide like. because we're saying we're trying our best. <laughs> yeah. You can just do that too. Yes, yes. This doesn't all have to be such a big deal all the yeah. time. Um, so he, uh, so uh, Grace moved to Gainesville, Florida, which is now considered the band's hometown, Gainesville Rock City, if you're a Less Than Jake fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a Tom, mm-hmm. Tom Petty. We're Tom Petty. Oh, is that where Tom Petty's from too? Yes. Oh, man. Okay, that's three of them. There's some rock and roll. Yeah. Coming. Yes. Out of Gainesville. Apparently, yeah. Man, um, Tom, that's like the that's sorry. I read, I'm sorry I, to, no, I'm sorry I read to Tom Petty's interview or biography. I should have known that. I just yeah. feel like Less Than Jake has never seemed suckier than in that <laughs> sentence. I love Less Than Jake. And like, Three of the greatest bands in the history of mankind: Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> less Than Jake. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty close. You know, first and second there. They're pretty close. <laughs> Lesson uh, Jake is a great band, and we should definitely, great. but definitely. they would also laugh at being in oh, the yeah. same company with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I'm sure. Well, the lead singer of Lesson Jake's got a great podcast. I've never listened to. Apparently, he interviews a lot of folks. And uh, Gain, um, uh, not Gainesville Rock City. Uh, what's the Hello Rockview is one of the. Mm. We got to do Hello Rockview. What a man. great record! Yeah. Back to against me. So um, <laughs> yeah, we are. You, <laughs> we are. Um, we haven't talked in a while. We're, we're catching up. I know it's true. Um, so uh, against me, when they're starting to record this record, they had just come off the success of New Wave, uh, which was named Spin's Album of the Year. It was a hit album in 2007. Um, it was also their first album um, off of an indie label. So uh, against me is also also starting to catch a lot of flack at this time for being sellouts. Um, they even um, get a letter from uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen encouraging them to, to keep keep up what they're doing. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's son was a huge fan of the band, and Bruce Springsteen even went to see them uh, in a few shows. So they're getting they're getting some support, but this is their second album on Sire Records, a bigger label, um, and it's got uh, you know uh, uh, New Wave had kind of a more polished sound. And this one, even more polished, uh, produced by Butch Vig of uh, Nirvana Nevermind fame and um, the band Garbage, if you're familiar with them from the I've 90s. I've heard of both of those 90s bands. Yes. Um, album was recorded in uh, a studio called El Dorado in Burbank, California. The guys played a lot of basketball while they were there and found out that they were absolutely horrible, horrible basketball players. Um, but it was fun for them to play while they were uh, making the record. I thought that was funny because those, the, the, you know, the guys in Against Me are like they're punk rock. I mean, leather mm-hmm. jackets, just you know, gnarly looking. And just picturing those guys playing basketball, it was uh, just kind of making me laugh. We used to do bit. some sweet two on two action, me and you and Loper and I think whoever so. the fourth person was. Rad, probably. It was probably rad. Yeah, probably I don't rad. see. Steve we were not very. Basketball. We were not very good either. But you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. Got to move around. Sometimes well, like with you any get sport, ball on. With any sport, if everyone's equally crappy, it's it's hilarious and fun. If yeah. the one person's like really good and taking it too seriously, no it fun. ruins it for everybody. That is very true. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, and so uh, critics uh, were, you know, there's some critics that really cared cared a lot about the record. I thought it was really great. And some critics that didn't think so much of it. Um, some critics were said it, it was a huge mainstream rock album. Um, that still followed some punk rock roots, um, and you know, kind of apologizing to old school fans, but also saying you know, and engaging with the record and saying it's really good. Um, 
and then you know there was a another um critic here that i'll reference i'm not gonna reference their name but um they said trying new ideas is never a bad formula but sometimes when you lean too far on a limb the branch snaps (laughs) i do not agree with this critic but Mm. that that is that's you know there was it it was a it was a little polarizing for for uh you know fans of this band um so yeah that's that's a little bit about the band a little bit about the record um white crosses it's not the first time we've forayed into uh, bands being called sellouts or something right. on this podcast. So we all know our feelings on that is that it's kind of silly that people try to keep bands in these little, I don't know, hermetically sealed uh, versions of themselves and never get to change, I guess, once someone likes that thing. They're just like, well, no, now that's what you have to be all the time. Obviously, we're we're not fans of that. So... Um, shall we go into first impressions, fellas? Uh, since we kind of know a little bit about the record now, let's go to you, Kyle, first. Uh, first impressions of the record. Was it then? Was it after 2010? Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, it was then. And I mean, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I, I think I, I thought it kicked butt. think it kicks butt. That's, that's about it. it. It's a freaking rock and roll record. And um, I have, it's, it's one of those records that like my lasting impression has changed a little bit. Like I, I think I appreciate more what's going on on the record now. Um, but just instantly dug it back then. I was, I was like, I don't think I picked up on maybe, uh, maybe like the Americana that that's in it that I, that I pick up on now, you know what I mean? And him even mentioning that Chris saying that Bruce Spring, Springsteen dug them like that makes sense to me. Um, and at the time i I wouldn't have given that a single thought. So uh, I thought it rocked and I loved it. So that's it. Chris, what about you? You know, I was a pretty big fan of um, new wave, uh, but like, I wouldn't have put them in a category of like one of my favorite bands. Um, But I, I think um, my, my friend, uh, well, our friend Loper, Andy Loper, uh, I, I believe it was him who told me like that, he was listening to the record cause he was about to do a show with them. They were about to do a show and he was like, do you really listen to it? It's really good. And yeah, I I'm with Kyle. I thought it was kicked major, butt. I, I was really, really into it just from that very first song with the snare drum coming in. Um, just, yeah, <laughs> big old jangly guitars. Yeah, no, I was totally into it. Um, so I, my, this is odd. I've seen them live. And I'd never listened to one of their records. Oh, crazy. So, uh, when did you see them live? I haven't seen them live. They opened for Jimmy World and the Foo Fighters when I saw them. No way. American Airlines. My God, what a show. And, uh, (laughs) and so I, you know, I'd never, I'd never, like I said, listened to the record. So, so my first impression of the record is from this past week or whatever. Um, when, when you picked the record. So, um, it's, I'm, we did. We're doing the opposite of what we did with Kyle, I guess. Last episode. Uh, wait, was that the last episode that we did that? I can't remember. Anyway, um, you know, it's happened a couple times on the podcast where we do an, an album and, and someone hasn't listened to it before, and so it's interesting to get their opinion. Um, I don't know. It's like my. It's really weird. This band. I am. I think the best word I can come up with is that I feel a little indifferent. Uh, mm. If that's not, it's like I don't not like it. I don't yep. love it. I don't definitely don't hate it. There's nothing I dislike about it. If that makes yeah. any sense. It's just not something I'm I'm like 
into into but if it's like but playing there i don't it's not like i think about it much but it's kind of it maybe just kind of blends together for me a little bit and obviously i've got no context to the you know what fans liked about against me before this album comes out or i and i and this is one of those times where i actually didn't listen to a lot of the other stuff because i was just trying to dive into this one um and so it's weird because this is the only glimpse of it and i remember the same thing about like seeing them live it was like i was not I was like impressed by their musicianship, but I don't remember any songs. If that makes sense, you know, some if I see a band and like a song stands out to me, like that's normally like well that I know that happens to me at shows when there's bands I've I've never seen before or heard of and they like play a song and I go okay like that really that caught my attention. I don't remember anything catching my attention. The funniest thing about that night was that every single person in every single one of those bands were all black. <laughs> for some reason <laughs> like it's like they were all like in black t-shirts and black jeans like everyone uh in, to the point where dave Grohl like made a joke about it because he was like wait <laughs> we we all were all black like so did jimmy world so did engagement he's like we look like a bunch of roadies <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like no offense guys uh but uh it was just it was kind of that was one thing that stood out that night is like everyone wore all black um accidentally apparently um but uh, yeah, so I mean, that sounds weird. It's like normally I have a stronger opinion one way or not, but I just really don't. <laughs> it's like I'm like, I like it. It's fine. It's fine. I don't yeah, love fine. it. Um, and I don't, but there's nothing that bugs me about it either. Because some of the other podcasts where we've talked about an album that I either didn't love or didn't listen to, like there were things that really bothered me about it. But there's like production's great on this, like songs are pretty good, like definitely some cool uh, musical stuff going on. But it's just, you know, maybe not totally my thing which is fine but uh so I, i'm gonna put my first impression at um it would be fine like if you were playing this in the van back in the day and you probably did i didn't ask you to turn it off if that makes any sense didn't I ask him to turn it up though either did you right right but yeah. like i remember i remember specifically like, like yeah, come to the front this is fine <laughs> this is fine oh yeah music is fine <laughs> but you like it no but I remember you other hate stuff it. that people played back then that, like, I specifically did not like. Like, I yeah. remember, you know, that happening where it was like, I do not like this, um, and that that I don't I don't feel that way about this. So that's that's my first impression. Maybe not a fair fair one, but um, it's honest. Yeah, it, that's and that's, that's what all, we're doing on here. That's we tell what we want. the truth. Okay, so tell now, it like it is. I'm also just trying to deflect so that the against me fans can just be mad at me. <laughs> there we against go. Me for making this record <laughs> not like their other records. Okay, I'm just it, trying to deflect. They'd be against you. They can be against me. Yeah. Now, instead of against <laughs> against me. Um. Okay. Well, let's go into track by track and discuss these fun fact. Um, on Spotify, I don't know if Apple Music uh, splits this up this way. I didn't realize that the last four tracks that are on Spotify are just part of a deluxe edition. Black Crosses. And uh, and to be fair, I thought the f- last four tracks of this album were strange. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was glad when you sent me the track listening, Chris, that I was like, ah, the first mm. ten are the album, and then these are like... Uh, oh no, dude! The same thing happened to me when I first started listening to it. I was like, "Damn, this album's long." Yeah, I was remember, like fourteen tracks. Good job. I don't remember this album being that long. Um, 
It's not. It's like 33 minutes because it's 10 no. songs. It's yeah, because there's the it's only 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I feel like Spotify and Apple need to do a better job of actually like... what? Yes, uh, they need some way of being like like, like maybe an asterisk or like a, a underline, something that tells you like this is not the original track listing. And there needs to be a setting where I cannot play the bonus tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There needs to be just a, a, a worldwide global setting on my on my Spotify or Apple Music that is, I do not want to play the bonus tracks. Just don't do it. Unless I ask you to. Um, these are feature requests we're asking for. Anyway, uh, that's all beside the point, because here is uh, the title track and the first track, White Crosses. I did just look it up, by the way. This was uh, January of 2008 that I saw them with Jimmy World and Foo Fighters. So um, a couple of, a couple of years before this album. I was trying to timeline that out. Yeah, me, remember. Me, me and the Green-Eyed Monster were uh, looking it up, too. Very jealous that you got to go to... I was like, what? What? Where... Where was I where I didn't go to this show? I, I have no idea why. Um, uh, yeah, my wife got me tickets. For, actually, yeah. we weren't married yet, so girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Uh, what a gal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, and I did. Um, smartly. Uh, Chris, let's go to you first. Uh, title track. Thoughts? Fun facts about the city of St. Augustine, Florida, which we're talking about in this song. Uh, right. San Marcos Avenue. Um, the canons are a reference to the Castillo de... San Marcos, and it's the oldest city in the United States, founded in a continuous city that, that's continued from, from the moment of founding in 1565. I just wanted to shout some facts out about this. I didn't know was anyone was in history. Florida in 1565. I thought yes. it was just swamp down there at that point. Except for the city of St. Augustine, where I thought um, it was Lord inhabitable Jane Grace without... calls home. No, yeah. it's, I thought it was uh, inhabitable yeah. without air conditioning. <laughs> I mean, I we will have to go back and talk to them or maybe look up some of the historical records. But yes, very, uh, that is a fun fact. Did yes. not know that. So, um, I, you know, I, I always dug the, the song coming in with the snare drum, like it does in the big jangly guitars. Um, and, uh, you know, the lyrics against me has always had an interesting way that, you know, Lord Jane Lake will go through the lyrics um, I don't know how to put it. It, it, it. It's just, it's like not even like a conversational style. It's like a matter of fact style. Like, oh, oh, you were going for a jog and you saw some stuff. This, you're a walk. <laughs> like, it's like the song's just about like one day going for a walk and it, it's still magical. I like it a lot. I think that might be one of the reasons of my indifference is that um, we've talked about how different people seem to write lyrics. It does feel a little bit like he wrote all this stuff down and then, and, then made it fit into a song. <laughs> and I don't know if that's the right or the wrong way to do it. I'm not saying it, it is right or wrong or something like that, but there are some lyrics where I'm just like, huh? I, it just, it, I don't know. It, and there's uh, certainly some things like that. It's like I'm rattling off things from Florida in this. Uh, right. right. Like the list of things <laughs> the, I saw. The list of things in Florida. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but maybe that's unfair. Uh, Kyle, what are your uh, first impressions? Or, or I guess not first impressions. What are your total impressions? Of My the total track, impressions of, of track one are it's a great opener. It kicks butt. I love when he screams uh, 
St. Augustine shine your uh, light down on me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I love the snare. Uh, Blake, I think that's a really good point to get to super early in the first track. There's no question that they write songs that way. Like in my mind, they're just writing uh, whether you want to call it poetry or a story or whatever, right. and then fitting it into a song. Uh, I just, I just kind of dig it and, and, in, and I appreciate the way that they do it. But, um, but that I, when you said that, it's like, oh yeah, they totally write songs like that. And I could see that not being your bag. No, and it can be. It's not like lyrics are just weird for me. I've mentioned a bunch of times on this podcast. I don't pay that close attention to, to them. Honestly, it's like normally if you are just pretty good at lyrics, I don't notice much about what's mm. going on, except for maybe the clever line here or there. But it's not like I'm ever like it's never the thing I'm diving into. There's just there were a few things that in listening to this album, like that just stood out and just felt like they didn't fit right or something. Uh, and um, whereas like we talked about Green Day Warning a couple yeah. episodes ago, and it's like it just feels like every single thing was like purposeful Planned. And, and and planned and put together and it like nothing was wasted kind of thing. And maybe that's unfair. Obviously, Billy Joe Armstrong's a fantastic songwriter. He's been doing it for a really long time. Uh, this feels just a little bit more haphazard, but it's also, that's kind of punk rock too. I mean, yeah. That's a, that's I, I also, uh, I also want to say that it, I still think it, it sounds really good. Like the recording, oh, I think yes, Butch no. Vig did a, uh, he did a pretty good job. Yeah, Butch Vig is, a, and I've talked. We've talked about this before. He's not my favorite producer. It's weird. Um, this is about the cleanest sounding album yeah. I think I've heard him do, though. Yes. Yeah, it is clean. Like it, this sounds way more produced than most of the stuff that Butch Vig does, and that was that actually kind of surprised me because uh, I started looking at the Wikipedia stuff like right as I listened to this album. So I was like, oh, Butch Vig produced it, and like I said, sometimes for me that ends up being something that I don't love. Like, I don't know. And I can't not put my finger on it. And I think he's, it still intrigues me when he does something because I'm like, he, he doesn't tend to work with like bad artists. If that makes Never. sense. Like, uh, there's just some stuff about his production stuff. And this is his second album with them. Yeah. So maybe anyway, like I, I think it's, it sounds better than a lot of the stuff that, um, Butch Vig does. Um, it sounds really tight and really clean, and um, and the guitars have like more clarity. I feel like than uh, some of the stuff that Butch does coming from that kind of grungy '90s thing. Like I was, oh, I was oh, trying sorry. to remember the other album that we did that was Butch Vig. And it was AFI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what else did he do? Um, did is that the only other one we've done that he did? I I can't remember. I thought we'd done. Maybe two. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. So I I, will, I did want to say I also enjoy a, a good narrative, and like this is kind of all over the place. But I I'm like I so desperately wish I could talk to Laura Jane and be like, why do you want to smash all the crosses? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I mean, I, think, I have a pretty good idea, but like, <laughs> I know, think like, it absolutely like I know exactly the what story. these songs are about. Like yeah. they're not. It's pretty on the nose. They're not vague and they're not, um, and they're cohesive too. It's yeah. not, uh, it's, it's not filler. Like some people yeah. I feel like are just going like, well, here's the melody and I got to write some lyrics in there and they just, whatever kind of comes out rhythmically, they kind of put on paper and, and they don't mean anything. And that's fine too. I've, I do that sometimes. And, uh, no, I can tell it's like, this is stuff that 
is real and it's not like made up for the sake of the song, but um, sometimes it just doesn't fit right. So, okay, let's go to uh, track two. I was a teenage anarchist. I was a teenage anarchist. The revolution was a lie. Monier, thoughts on uh, Teenage Anarchist, track two. Okay, I love this song for so many reasons. I want to talk about, just, I will try not to talk too much about this song, but first of all, I can relate to it so much, just because <laughs> you, when growing up, you know, like, I mean, I was never like full-on punk rock, like Liberty Spikes, anything like that, but just like going from that, you know, and, and like learning about the music business and then getting out of the music business and growing up and, you know, uh, the revolution knows a lie when he screams that line. I'm just like, yes, so was. Um, I also thought it was cool reading interviews with the band because they were kind of going through, a, uh, you know, transition and in, in this time from being that punk rock band and like they were getting bigger and they were like, yeah, I mean, we were all about being punk rock and cool, but like, like, you know, one day somebody was like, Hey, you guys need to pay your taxes. And we were like, taxes. <laughs> like we didn't know how to pay taxes. Like we had to get a business manager. And so when these kids were yelling, shout, sh- you know, sell out at us, we we're like, Hey guys, listen, the real world's a little more complicated. So I don't know. I, I absolutely dig it, man. And, and uh, when I was reading about the taxes and business managers thing, I just thought, I was like, that's, that's too funny not to share anyway. So yeah, dig it. Background vocals, creamy, mm. Mwah. butch fig. Uh, Kyle, thoughts? Uh, I love it, and I love the way um, their L- Laura Jane's vocals stacked are perfection. Not everybody's vocals stacked sound good to me. I love the the way their voice sounds stacked. And then also, um, do you remember when you were young and you wanted to set the world on fire? Uh, I am of the opinion that every young boy, uh, their first two loves are one, their mom and two fire. And so <laughs> actual real fire, not metaphorical fire, yeah, just like actual real fire. fire. <laughs> and so this song always makes me laugh because I'm like, I do remember when I was young and wanted to set the world on fire because fire was cool. Um, and also I'm not, I don't want to pull a Beavis and butthead. I'm not, I'm not telling anyone to set anything on fire. I'm just being honest and saying, uh, maybe I was a little bit of a pyro when I was younger. So. Yeah, I, I dig it. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the like honesty of of this song and that it's not. It is weird because it is like the music business is a business. It's and 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 that is a, a part of it. And also, getting older is a real thing and growing up and stuff. And you can't be a teenage anarchist for forever, or you're just kind of one of those people the FBI is keeping an eye on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I like I do appreciate that that it's not trying to be like we're 40 and we're still freaking punk rock. And like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like I, I appreciate that. They're like, Hey, yep. you know, this is a, you know, growing up is real and like things change and stuff. And I, I like that. Uh, I, I think it's a, instead of just trying to be like, pretend that they're these, um, I don't know, anarchist punk rockers and <laughs> then go back to their, you know, houses and taxes and whatever the things are. Um, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, for for that reason uh let's go to 
Because of the Shame, track three. Because of the Kyle Simmons, we're going to you first. Track three, because of the shame. Thoughts? Um, I'm 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 still digging this record. I, I I'm digging it, and also I talked about their voice stacking well. It's also just like such a growly, awesome freaking voice. Like I I always wished I had a voice like this, and I think it would take me a lot of cigarettes to get there. <laughs> Marlboro yes. Reds, Cowboys, yes. <laughs> ripping the filters off, baby. Just uh, smoking them straight, <laughs> eating them. Maybe I don't my know. Great, my great, my great aunt smoked unfiltered camels. I mean, they Ooh. smelled so bad. Great aunt, what a hoot! But yeah, uh, I, I I dig the song. Um, I I I surprised. I really like this record, guys. So uh, uh, yeah, Chris Monier, what are your thoughts? Uh, d- this is th- the Springsteen song on this record, by the way. <laughs> it does. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Totally yeah. The bounce. Uh, uh, well, and he uh, he uh, uh, talked talked about writing that f- for a friend. A really good friend was murdered, and she loved Bruce Springsteen, so they wrote this song in tribute to her. So that's, oh, that's why. That's terribly so. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. That, 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 murdered. So both lyrically and yeah, stylistically. No, murdered. Yeah, I know. Not I just like, oh. like died tragically. Murdered. Yeah. Yikes. So, but wow. Yeah. So that's it. But it, so the bring Springsteen thing's not just like a it's it's a directly it's homage, purposeful yeah. homage. Yes. Well, I it's, like that. Yeah, that's how I like it. Got the, the big chimey chimey chimes. Uh, That makes me like it more. I don't really. <laughs> yeah, this nice. is one of those things. Where, again, I was just kind of like not one of my favorite on the records. I definitely mm-hmm. like the first two tracks leading into this one more. But yeah, that's uh, that makes me feel bad for not liking it as much. But uh, OK, let's go track four suffocation. I mean that sounds tight. Maybe I didn't listen to any Butch Vig stuff post two thousand eight. I'd have to. I'm gonna have to go back and give Butch some more. I feel like I may have slept on Butch a little bit because this sounds good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, Suffocation? Man, this is uh, this is one I really dig a lot. The freaking chorus is such a headbanger. Like I can just picture myself watching them at the show and just bobbing my head to it. Uh, it, and and also I appreciate that this one has a, a a little bit of a different vibe stylistically from uh, the songs before it, but th- this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Spoiler, sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Suffocation? 
totally agree. It, it's it, it's a nice little break. Uh, it, it would be easy with the, this band's style to like keep going through the same kind of style of songs. It kind of breaks up um, the style a little bit. And yeah, my other note was because <laughs> that is one growly hood. it's uh well done <laughs> uh, yeah i dig this song uh, uh, despite me not feeling especially sorry for someone doing cocaine and then complaining about it being a western culture problem but <laughs> but that's a little tongue-in-cheek i think is it's talking about the the well you know wealthy people wealthy right. parents yeah 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 uh, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. It's like, you know what would help you crawl out of this suffocating Western thing is uh, not doing cocaine. It's bad for you. It's not generally going to turn into... No one's ever like, Wait, are they then I started doing cocaine and my life got better. Said no one ever. <laughs> no one's ever been... All my problems were solved when I started doing cocaine. Uh, it's a good thing to avoid, kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kids, don't do cocaine. Yeah, we, if you we come uh, away with anything from this that, podcast. It, it, be like a PR. We don't always agree on the songs, but we do agree <laughs> drugs are bad. <laughs> In particular, kids, don't do cocaine. Don't do Specifically, cocaine. <laughs> what didn't you have a boss one time that told you, or someone that told you, never trust a cocaine? Yep. Yep. yep, my boss at uh, uh, at Sauce, he said, never trust a cokehead. And you know what? I don't think, but going before the advice, I don't think I was like, I don't, you know, I want to hear him out. But I do remember thinking like, okay, no, that's actually really good. I'll, I'll just always remember that. This is sage <laughs> advice. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, I like to feel like we don't have, have a soapbox here on this podcast. But you know, don't do cocaine, kids. <laughs> I could get behind that. Yeah. It seems like a really, like, just across the board, we can all agree. I think we all feel you know, that way. It's not a good idea. We, I'm sure we will hear from the pro-cocaine crowd The, lo- the on cocaine Facebook. lobby? We, we've pissed off a lot of we, oh, we've cocaine We've got powerful lovers, friends. <laughs> with their white mustaches. I'm not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, let's go to track, track five, which is uh, we're breaking up. Kind of appreciate that he just comes out there and says we're breaking up. Doesn't have to be subtle. Just like the title of the song is "We're Breaking Up." Yep, I like it. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I like this song. I really like the words. Uh, this is the only voice I know. These are the only words I have. This is the only way I know to say we're breaking up. But I also have always been confused by this song because of the outro with him saying. Uh, I'm not giving up on us. <laughs> like, but you just broke up. Yeah, I don't quite understand that either. But uh, maybe, I maybe, don't know. maybe they were just trying to end it on a positive note. I don't know. I I really like this song, but that always kind of bothered me because it felt it feels a little weird right after that kind of bridgey chorus. You know what I mean? Like th- this. Uh, I don't know. This is the only way I know how to tell you we're breaking up. But I'm not giving up on us. I bet that I bet that made a gal feel special. You know what I mean? 
I feel like, see, I I felt like that would be the text message that you got, like after, like the next day. Like, wait, what? I'm not giving up on. Wait, this. I thought we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? Is confusing. And she's like showing her friends, like, what does this mean? Um, yeah, I feel we like broke we've all up, been but there. I'm, I'm not giving up on. Wait, it. No, that's what I'm saying. Friends. Been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, that sounds like something you do in the moment, but not then write in a song. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> at that point it's either over or not. I don't know, uh, or maybe I don't know. It's hard to know. It's a good, it's a good is... way to keep the claws in, you know, like just, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I'm not giving up on us. Oh I think we should God. break up, but I'm gonna be just, around here. I just broke up with you, but I'm not giving up on us. Hey, we're still cool, right? <laughs> That's your Florida accent, right, Kyle? Uh, Chris, <laughs> yeah. what you, what are your thoughts on uh, we're breaking up? Uh, yeah, dig this song. It, it is kind of a sad breakup song. Um, uh, I actually wrote down the exact lyrics that uh, Kyle referenced there. I think they're great. Um, I also, th- I like, uh, I love when they say uh, we used to like all the same bands, like the opening of the second stage. I'm like, oh, that hit me deep. Yeah, yeah. we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we all, we've, we've all been there um, for sure with the, the, <laughs> I mean, I, we jo- I joke about my wife being that way now. It's like, no, we she's did. Like, wait, didn't we didn't we like the same bands, and now you don't like any of the bands I like? Katie was super excited we were doing this record, though. She okay, like, you guys are doing against me. I was like, oh, you finally care? It's only been oh. this is our thirty eighth episode. <laughs> hey, uh, since you guys both mentioned your wives, I would like to mention mine, and I, <laughs> I'd like it. to I would like to tell a quick story. Chris, you mentioned that line about liking the same bands and like how that hits you in the feels. And I agree. That's a great lyric. Uh, my wife and I spoke specifics on music one time ever. <laughs> and it was in a conversation while we were dating. I said, hey, what do you think the best love song ever written is? And Ooh. she said, I said, I loved you, but I lied by Michael Bolton. And I said, you know what? Let's just. Talk about other things. <laughs> like that is a true story, <laughs> and then never was spoken of again. Nope, we don't talk about that. <laughs> and by that you mean music. <laughs> we music. don't talk about this, this passion of mine, this thing that I love deeply. We don't talk about it. Um, and and to be fair to my wife, she's she's the person that like she rides to work without the radio on and like you know it's just not uh, a thing for her that's fine it's not a thing for her but but because of that um it it was just making it worse for us to to, for her to like try you know what i mean like she doesn't think that's the best song ever written come on no one does um but but she was trying in that moment and it's like you know what we don't need to do this (laughs) so that's my story it's a great story about my wife why should i have to change my name he's the one who sucks (laughs) (laughs) They're all so good. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty good. Uh, one conversation about music ever. That's pretty great. I like that you just said, okay, we're going to leave it there. It's, yep. <laughs> it's just for the best. All right, this well, was... let's go to uh, track six, High Pressure Low.
the title in there at the very end. Chris, what are your thoughts yep. on High Pressure Low? Okay, I've never been able to decide if I like the guitar tone on the lead guitar, the little bouncy guitar tone. It just, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. I'm back and forth. Um, I do love this song. Once again, the background vocals are so deliciously spread over this song like butter. It just makes it sound so great. I don't know. I always thought that that was the the piece of every puzzle. I always thought on the best records that I love the most where the background vocals always sounded so great. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, a fair, fair uh, way to judge a record. Sometimes it's, it, it's consistent. If yeah. uh, you know, if, if they sound good, then I will like the song, at least for me. Um, and um, you know, one of the, the third single on the album that name checks the, Secretary of Defense in the Vietnam era under Lyndon B. Johnson, Robert Strange McNamara. Props to getting yep. that one in the third single. Yep. McNamara's not easy to rhyme with anything either, no. honestly. <laughs> no, and my favorite thing is that it, like, Robert McNamara, he can't be talking about that Robert. Robert Strange McNamara. Oh, okay, definitely was. Definitely. Well, okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> How old are these guys? I mean, they're older than... They're our age, I think. Us? Okay. I thought they. Yeah, I, I think uh, b- born in the early 80s or mid 80s. You think so? Maybe just a touch older. I bet they're a little right? older. I don't know. We'll look that up during the next song we play. Uh, for now, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, High Pressure Low? Um, I dig I dig this song, and it, it, I kind of dig how it's uh, it always kind of has, especially with the background vocals of the woes, like kind of a kind of a happy vibe to it. And there is nothing happy about what he's singing about. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, love, love the BGVs. I actually do like the guitar tone, Chris. Okay. But, but like, but like, you know, uh, I don't, I don't feel like super passionate about or anything. I just, I think this is a really great sounding record. Um, and I haven't, I don't know like all the Butch Vig records off the top of my head. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really compare it to anything else he's done, but I do know, that uh, over the last couple of weeks, I was listening and thinking, man, this thing sounds freaking good. So good song, good tune, bummer lyrics. But uh, yeah. But I do like that juxtaposition of uh, totally. bummer lyrics on what sounds like an upbeat, happy song. Uh, sometimes it works pretty well. I think it works well in this case. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it's a good, good tune. High pressure low. Uh, let's go to Ache With Me, track seven. All that you're after in the end, I hope it doesn't matter. Do you share the same sense of defeat? Have you realized all the things you'll never be? Ideals turn to resentment. Chris Monier, thoughts on Ache With Me? I like this song. Nice ballad. Um, great guitar work. I don't know what that style of guitar is called. The fast picking. It almost sounds like a, an it Italian. sounds like a mandolin, but it's yeah, not a mandolin. Yes. Yeah, it's it, played it's like ex- a mandolin. Though. Exactly yeah. right. Yes, yes. I was like, I, I was like, I knew I knew, uh, I knew, my guitar homie would, would know yeah. exactly what, it, what that was. Thank you. It's like that Italian instrument from Italian stuff. It's Italian. From from, from Italia. <laughs> from Italy. <laughs> oh, yes. <Italy>. Yeah. Carabas. <laughs> 
Was it the Carabas? Oh, the most famous Italian cuisine is from Carabas. Mm. We all know that. <laughs> yep. Um, and, Muy uh, authentico. And their and their most famous actor from uh, Captain Whatever has a mandolin is uh, Nicholas Cage. Very famous Italian. <laughs> mm. Italian cinema film. Yes. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. Uh, and uh, uh, the, Tom Gable was initially uncertain about this romantic tune, but Vich, uh, Butch Vig convinced uh, him to put it on the record. And I, I don't, I like that choice. I think it's a really great record. Uh, it, it's a, a really great song. I, I think, um, every, you know, not every punk album needs a ballad, but I certainly think that my favorite punk albums all have a ballad that uh, kind of lightens, lightens the mood a little. So I like that, the style of the song. It's yeah, and I, would, I mean it's ballady, but not quite like ballad. I mean it's got more of a western kind of gallop to it. I guarantee. I mean, I assume this is a track that against me fans hated, right? I mean, this would be like the what it they seems likely. Consider, I, did that. I, I didn't mean, find anything like that, but you, you're you. I'm just. Be right. I assumed, <laughs> you know, when I'm reading that, like, oh, some fans were pissed. I mean, it's like this seems like. But what's funny about it is that it's definitely one that sticks out to me as like a cooler song. Like I really like that that chorus that we barely got to at the end of that clip. Um, it's really cool sounding. I, I dig it. Um, and I'm, I'm all for it. So, but that's probably a bad sign. Uh, if you're (laughs) (laughs) against me (laughs) that I'm like, yeah, I'm all in on this kind of uh, slower, sad ballad kind of thing. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I really like this song. I like all the things you guys talked about. Uh, one of my favorite things is like I think of being young and dating and like for whatever reason when that happens it's it becomes other people's business and you get other people's opinions on who you should date and how you should date and like um I I you always heard or had someone that you knew that like you'd you, they talk about settling for someone, you know, like, oh, you're settling. And my favorite thing about this song is like it it actually kind of captures to me what love is like. You don't you're not settling for someone that you love. It's just like you pick someone and you get all that they are with that. And like him dissecting their disappointments and, you know, the things that they haven't accomplished and just and accepting them for, for who they are, I think is really nice. I think it's a really cool, uh, really cool song. I really dig the lyrics. So. Yeah, I'm in, I like it. Um, I wish, I wish it kind of did the ache with me thing more than once. Yeah. Um, it feels, it feels like it should happen again. Like I really, I like that kind of course, but it just kind of ends. Um, all right, let's go to uh Spanish Moss. Here we go. fade on that one uh chris thoughts on spanish moss this is one of my favorite songs of all time i love this song it's like uh, yeah no on my itunes uh, it's like like number seven i think of the most played songs i've always just absolutely loved this song i love the vibe i'm not exactly you know sure what uh you the the song is about lyrically i i uh, but um you know the 
it's got almost like a U2 feel to it. Like not like not on the nose, like a U2 homage song, like, like the um, uh, Bruce Springsteen one was, but I don't know. Just it's got some very uplifting vibes and, you know, kind of feel like it, like, like they're taking us to church a little bit here. I love this song. I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? So I also love this song, but I will say in listening to it, over the last couple of weeks, I realized that like it's, it sounds so perfect. Like everything is just so perfect about it. <laughs> it almost sounds, it, it is extremely commercial. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like it would, it's the background music on a, <laughs> on a, on like a Ford truck commercial or something like that. And, and that sounds like I'm ripping on it. I'm not because I love the song, I, I guess I just never noticed it until this week. It just sounds so perfect, o- almost to the point of sounding manufactured. But I do love the song. I mean, see, I wouldn't. I mean, I didn't catch that vibe from this. I do like it. I, I as far as it's definitely one of the tracks that stood out to me on the record. But let's just pause and listen again. D- the, l- listen to that. Tr- <laughs> listen to that <laughs> tr- again. Okay, we're gonna. No. Go. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but that would you, be a that would be a Finding Emo first. Play the track twice. Play it back. <laughs> play that Let's back. Play that back one more time. Um, but now I'm gonna go listen to it at some point and listen to this again and go like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like this one's any more so than the other tracks on the record. I guess if I go that way, um, it's definitely a little more epicy, you know, yeah. than, than the other ones. It feels a little more anthemy uh, in some ways. So maybe maybe that's what the vibes you're picking on. I like it though. It stood out to me. Um, it may be on a commercial. That may be why why this is happening. I mean, to me. I've heard Blink One Two on a car commercial, so it's that's coming around. Uh, that the bands that we thought were not old are now old, um, for sure. So, uh, okay, so that's Spanish Moss. Let's go to Rapid Decompression, track nine. That drum fill at the end is pretty boss. Um, Chris, let's go to you first since you were air drumming on Dude, rapid decompression. One of the so the drummer from Hot Water Music played with them, uh, which just completely closes. I think AFI Hot Water Music were friends. AFI gets their album done by Butch Vig. Hot Water Music drummer steps in to play because I bet anyway. I bet there's a connection there. Anyway, that one of the reviews was like they they didn't even show off the drummer. I I completely beg to differ. I think that some of the drums on this album are. are uh, amazing i love this this is old school gable balls to the wall punk song love the call and answer this song's got some major like clash joe strummer vibes and you know clash is one of my favorite bands so um always been really into this one i like that they kind of bring it bring bring some noise at the end of the record some um uh, and for old school uh, uh against me fans this would be a more uh more akin to the style that they had before uh more of the uh reinventing axel rose kind of style so as a guy that like didn't listen to the rest of it, this would be the closest thing to previous against me that's on this record. Would you say? I think 
that's a fair thing to say, Kyle. Um, it's close. Yeah, yeah. Kyle, what are your thoughts sure. on the song? Other than not knowing if it sounds like old. <laughs> um, sure. Yes. I, With open I, inflection. I think it rocks. I think I love that it's punk rock. Um, in that clip that you played, I was like, yeah, I love that. I know all the words to this part. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's two of them. <laughs> but, but also, uh, even though I'm making a joke out of that, I feel like a song really, a, a song really does rock. If, if that's all he's singing and you're and I'm still digging it, you know what I mean? Like what more does he need to say if, if it works? So, um, I really like this one and for all the reasons that Chris said it's, it's, it's a punk rock song. So I like it. And this is how I know I'm not a true punk rocker <laughs> is that I do not like this song. Um, I don't like songs like this. I just don't, I don't like, um, I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's I'm, I, I'm sorry. I was never cool enough. I'm not true punk rocker. I'm sorry. I'm a pop punker. Uh, and they're different. They're, they are different. They uh, are different. I'm not cool enough. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's just not my, not my flavor. So it's good to know that I would, if this is not my flavor, I probably should not go to the back catalog of against me. I might not be thoroughly impressed. I don't know, man. I think you should at least check out new wave. If yeah. You haven't. I can do whatever the heck I want. Cause I've got yeah. all the music at my finger. Th- it's not like I have to go the, buy the, the album. Wor- so. The world is thanks to the award winning Apple music library. It's not going to uh, hurt, which me. is not a sponsor of the show by any means, but no. you should check it out. No, we don't even, <laughs> Gosh, we should try to get Apple Music accounts for free. That'd be great. I'd, yeah. I'm sure that in a sea of millions of users, Tim Cook does not care about us talking about Apple Music on our dumb podcast. Well, um, he might. Who knows? Maybe he'll just like out of the kindness of his heart. Um, okay. What if Tim Cook is a huge punk rock fan? What if he loved 2000 Emo? What if he was just yeah. like a huge emo fan? He's like, this, this show is my jam. He's like, you know, I, I, I'm producing Ted Lasso. I'm a trillionaire, but for me, it just doesn't get any better than from under a cork tree. I mean, that's just really peak. I'm just picturing him like pulling that up on stage as the example track and be like, isn't that such a great track with his so South Carolina <laughs> draw? <laughs> you hear that lossless audio? Yeah, that would make a, yeah. my that would make my year if I saw Tim Cook like rocking Fall Out Boy or Dashboard Confessional at an Apple keynote. That was... <laughs> we can only pray. Oh, that would be so good. Okay, let's go well, to hey, final. What? So, you know, our our generation is going to start being the CEOs of companies in the next yep. 15, yeah. 20 years. So that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. It's going to be weird. It happen. Yeah, like I said, but Blink-Wing it'll 2 probably and car be. Yeah. Well, well, it'll probably be Hoobastanks the reason instead. I don't oh. think so. I don't think anyone actually likes that song. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't heard that song in, in... Spotify streams beg to differ. How Does many? It, is, is it still insane? Oh, I, I surely it's in the millions, Don't right? Don't you think the only people that really loved that song were casual listeners of music that never really bought an album? Honestly, I'm going to be honest. Honestly, I'm going to be honest, guys. Okay. okay. Wait, um, you should be honest, though. Okay. But I, well, I'm going to tell the truth. I think that that song fit a a need. This is, sounds so messed up, but it's a fu- it's a funeral song. You know what I mean? Like songs like that, that like people can play at a funeral and it's like rock and roll, but it's still nice sounding. Like 
it's a it's a funeral slide. I'd have to check. I'd have to check out all the lyrics of that to make sure that that works for a funeral. But it 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 probably doesn't. I'm just saying, like, it's that kind of it's that brand of soft rock. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. That I'll I'll take that. I mean, look, I've always said if you as a songwriter, your goal should be to write a graduation style song, a daddy daughter dance song for the wedding. I mean, that's like just guaranteed to roll in the royalties. And I think a good sad someone dying song. You, you know what? Would be a, you know a what, Blake? Yeah. And that's why it was huge because you could make a slideshow to any of those three things to Hoobastank's The Reason. <laughs> you well, could. If someone. Daddy daughter dance? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to go. Re- <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm going to look up that Hoobastank song. I, I found did. a I found a reason to be. Oh, <laughs> Can, I'm, I was gonna quote the lyrics like <laughs> like I knew them, but them? I don't. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way you know them." The reason is you. That's the only Daddy lyric I know, date. and I also know that he couldn't hit that note, so he just held the mic out for the yeah for the crowd to sing instead. Me and Blake will never forgive him for yeah, that. Yeah, we were like, "Come on, man, you gotta don't." Don't put the you, note in the song okay. if you can't sing it live. I don't want to get too much on a Hoobastank thing, but what's a lot? What's a lot of listens on Spotify? Because I've got the number in front of me. Surely think, millions. Uh, well, I mean, what, the last big one we talked about was um, Good Riddance had 360 million plays. From 530 million. Okay, so that is holy up crap. There. They are still printing money off this god awful song. How guys. in the world? Oh, it's because of Kyle. You're gonna. You're just like. I know why. I just told you guys why. <laughs> I, I told I you mean, buttholes why. Do Do we need to rewind the tape? <laughs> I have not been I mean, to a funeral or a wedding or a graduation that I played have. this song. You have okay. I've I've been to I've been to multiple funerals. Think about it. Think about like if someone's spouse died and they showed all these pictures of their <laughs> spouse. Guys, now I'm just laughing at someone's spouse dying. If someone suggested Hoobastank be played at a, at a funeral, I would fight tooth and nail to not have that happen. <laughs> Guys, Unless it was written this... down by the deceased person. Like will if, you do if me I this honor and make sure that doesn't happen at my funeral? Yeah, oh, I will definitely. I feel like it, the opposite needs to happen. That's like the, the, the yeah. last... I just need to make sure. Joke. Hey, no, I'll accept Michael Bolton's "I said I loved you, but I lied." <laughs> what we over? That'll be the music people the come reason. into the funeral too, and yeah. then when, as your cast gets lowered down, it, the reason will be blaring. Uh, but yeah. like on bagpipes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bell choir. <laughs> okay, so that's can figure out that it is the reason. Oh, that would be the best final prank. Why do I know this? I haven't heard this rendition of Amazing <laughs> Grace. This? It's not. It's not. It's the we reason. We paid this guy $6,000 to learn this song just to mess with Kyle. Uh, <laughs> Who's now death. dead. God bless him. <laughs> and if he's not, he probably is yeah. now. Guys, believe it or not, we still have one track to talk okay. about oh, on this Against Me album. Not it's not the reason. It's not the reason. Not a hoopastank. We have now gone way. I mean, that's as much of a 2000s butt rock. Although they that's, weren't butt rock, they were something else. But it's as much. That of is a, a buttload of streams, though. That right? is a lot. That is oh, a it's lot. Insane. Uh, admittedly, okay. Let's go to the final track of White Crosses, which is Bamboo Bones.
Kyle Simmons thought on the last track. Um, so we, I, I, I love that song. I love this song. I love the what the guitar is doing. I really love the chorus, even though we didn't get it there. Great clip, but the the what God doesn't give to you, you've got to go and get for yourself. I, I really like that. Um, I I dig the vibe of this song. Uh, it's it's it definitely is. It definitely stands out as being different than the rest of the record. And I think it is a much better song than Hooba Stank's The Reason. <laughs> fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Scientific fact. I think it's the best melody on the record. Mm. Across yeah. the board. Chorus versus, like, it. this has better melodies than the rest of it. The rest of the melodies, to me, feel like there's not enough, not as much effort into the melodies as there were on everything else. And for me, I just love melodies. That's my number one thing. And so that's probably the thing that's generally going to hinder me from liking a band like against me is that like the melodies kind of blur together. There's not a lot of distinction, but the melodies on this one are great. Admittedly, like they're really, really good. I really like, really, really like them. Uh, I dig the vibe too, Kyle. I'm into the, um, kind of uh, yeah. almost uh, move along well or I was going to say um, uh, George Michael Faith kind of oh, style yeah, totally. um, that kind of jangly driving thing I dig it and I bet once again that against me fans at the time uh, were not into it just to just to guess because it is I can see how you would be like that's not punk rock but I dig it I think it's cool you can dance to it yeah uh, Chris what are your thoughts agree with what with what you guys said agrees with what both of you said. Um, I, yeah, I, I, so I picked the clip for this, Kyle. I, it was hard because I really do like the chorus as well, but there's something really special about this verse. It's just totally. uh, it's got the great drum sound, and I love how the drums transition from the move along, <laughs> as you said, to, to like bringing it over to the snare um, mm-hmm. and the the pushback, pushback, pushback with every word and every breath. I think it's a great lyric. So good tune. I think Love it could it. be, uh, you know, I'm going to go out here. I can't b- believe no one else ever did one of these things. I feel like it's the Sacred Heart song, too, Ooh. of the record. It God feels like it could it. be at That's the end really credits great. of a Scrubs episode. Is that? Yeah, I agree. Is that, it has that bounciness to it. It's like kind of hope, you know, that kind of hopeful yeah. vibe. Uh, it feels like the end credits kind of thing. I, I dig it. Um, I think it's a cool thing. And it's the last track, so it's kind of an overlap there. Um I agree. I think we did a good job with the uh, uh, opening and closing of this record. Um, I think that they did a solid, solid job there. Uh, okay, so let's talk about lasting impressions. Uh, you guys are obviously way bigger against me fans. So, does it hold up just the record wise? You know, on its own. Uh, you know, I think it does. Um, I don't. I don't think it's as big a piece of their um what am i trying to say repertoire it, yeah I, I don't think when when people think about this band they don't i don't think they think they don't think yeah. about this record um I, I think it kind of is like the middle of some well some pretty big moments in, in, in with, <laughs> yeah. with the band too so it kind of <laughs> yeah. gets it kind of gets hidden by that um but um i think it holds up i mean the production is just freaking awesome it, it just yeah, sounded, it sounds great sounded so good in my car when i was jamming it um you know the last few days and um, I, I was just like really impressed, like how you could just like turn it up and just sonically everything sounded really, really good. So. I can confirm it sounds good in a Jeep with the top mm-hmm. off. Rolling yeah. Down the street. It's a good Jeep top off. It's album. Good Jeep. Good yeah. Jeep album. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what do you think as far as it holding up? 
Yeah, I, I agree. It 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 holds up. It sounds great. Um, and and I think Chris is right. Maybe this is on in a little a little bit more for our next question, but I I do think that um, this falls in a weird place in their band's biography. You know what I mean? And and discography. There's a there's a distinct before and after uh, that doesn't exist for most other bands, and so. I, I, I don't, I don't know how this record did, um, if it was a success or not, but, um, I, I think it holds up for sure. I think it sounds great. And I, uh, consensus, I cranked this in the car and it sounded awesome. And it is one that you can, you can just crank it all the way up and it still sounds good. Nothing gets nasty. So. Yeah. So as mentioned before, maybe I was sleeping on Butch Vig. Maybe he got a lot better in 2010. Um, this year, maybe it was. Uh, okay, what about is it their best album? Again, I it's the only one I've listened to, so I really don't have any context here. So, fellas, uh, who's got an opinion on that? Mm, I don't think it's their best. No, um, I it's so, it's very special to me for just the time it came out, and and um, I don't know. I was just a, a it just makes me feel like. I don't know, like it was maybe my late 20s, something about that, like feeling kind of that combination of freedom and getting older, it, it, it resonated with me. And, you know, I did look it up, uh, you know, uh, Lord Jane is about our age, uh, born in 1980. So, um, yeah, a couple years so we're kind of going through maybe the same <laughs> themes. Maybe that's why it resonated more with me that lyrically, uh, you know, I don't know. My thoughts. Uh, Kyle, is it? You know, I think best if for you made, it, no, I don't think it's, I don't think it's their best. I think if you made me choose, I'd have a hard time choosing between uh, transgender dysphoria blues and new wave. Like that is those two are up there for me and new wave is special just because I mean, it, it, it was a breakout. It was a breakout record for them. Um, so yeah, no, not their best, but so then, really good. I'm going to guess you probably both don't think it's then their most important album either. Oh, okay. No. Okay. It can't be. It cannot be. It's not allowed. Okay, so let's go to awards. Desert Island songs. Two or three of your favorites. Chris Monier is going first. Two or three of my favorites. It is no question I was a teenage anarchist because of the shame and uh, Spanish moss, which now is always, I'm going to see a Ford truck bursting through a boulder <laughs> when I hear it. Ford, it's got Will Arnett. <laughs> yeah. the, no, I'm sorry, he does GMC. It's uh, right. Brian Cranston that does Ford. That's right. Um, these people with good enough voices that they get paid to just talk. Um, like Kyle? us. Like, yeah, like us. <laughs> Wait, we don't get paid. Sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, you guys didn't get that memo. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Uh, what What's your Desert Island songs? Uh, it's going to be, I was a teenage anarchist ache with me and bamboo bones. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the three that really stood out to me are ache with me, uh, Spanish moss and bamboo bones, which is interesting to me because those are all like, Oh, basically the last three tracks. I mean, you know, not quite because, uh, rapid decompression wasn't in that list of things for me, but, um, you know, I, I I can't think of another album that like the standout tracks to me are all at the back half of it, and none of them are at the front half. Of it. But um, and uh, yeah, I, I just like I think they're unique on this album, and uh, and I like those three, so I think those would be my 
My three, how about Nobody's Perfect? What's the worst song on the record? Uh, Kyle, do you have one? Man, I'm not I'm not skipping anything on this record. I I enjoy it all the way through and and this is one of those bands with a with a vast catalog to where, you know, asking if it's their best. No, it's not their best, but like they consist for me, they consistently put out good stuff. Yeah. And um and I'm not I'm not taking anything off this one. What about you, Chris? Feel the same way? I feel the same way. And there's only 10 songs. I, I like this band does this yeah. a lot. They keep it short and sweet. Like You're only getting the- paid for 10. You might as well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> everything else the label's just gone no we're only paying you for 10 um i you know i mean i don't really like rapid decompression uh i don't know if i'd kick it off or not it just it's the one that i kind of go meh the most um and like i said I, this could grow on me too i've only been listening to this album for like a week and a half now or something so uh that's generally not enough to really judge it it f- totally fairly so all of my opinions here are relatively new and fresh. Uh, and I was reserve the right to change those later at some point. Albums. Hey, keep, keep listening. Let's do a, let's do a special update. Like unsolved mysteries used to do sometimes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we should do that. Uh, let's do that with all the albums that, uh, we need to like, keep track of those. First listens. Any of us had like, it was the first time we were <laughs> listening and let's keep spinning them every once in a while and see if we feel differently in a few months or a year or something like that. That might be a good experiment because there are some albums that we will do on this show that were like that for me, for sure. Like yeah. I, I did not like, uh, the first few times I listened to, like not just was indifferent to like, did not like, and then became some of my favorites. So it does happen. Um, and I'm, I'm, Never upset if that does happen. Just one more thing that I like. Uh, why is that a bad thing? What about Grower Not a Shower? A uh, song you didn't like at first, but now love. Kyle, do you have one? Nope. Okay. Chris, do you have a Grower Not a Shower? Um, I think, um, uh, what is it? Because of the shame, it, it, not that it was any, there was anything wrong with it, but it, it, it just, it didn't hit me the same way until, um, I don't know. It's the same thing with um, um, what's the band from the Killers? <laughs> I was like, what's the band from uh from Las Vegas? Big band. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What's the what's why can't I think of the Killers' most famous song right now? Uh, when you were young, or yes, uh, yeah, yes. I remember being. I, I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I remember when somebody pointed out that that song had Bruce Springsteen vibes, and I liked it more. It's the same mm-hmm. way of uh for me with because of the shame. Once I kind of like really was like, what is it about this song I really dig? And once I picked up on that, I liked it even more. Do you know what's funny about Bruce Spring- Springsteen for me? I am I enjoy Bruce Springsteen fine, but I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. But I love the stuff that he's influenced, if that makes sense. Like That's a lot cool. of the people, yeah. a lot of the people that I really like, that I know, like really, really like Bruce Springsteen. It's like it's like I needed that one spot removed from it, if that makes sense. That's and cool. It's like, this is not me dogging on Bruce Springsteen. I think he's great. It's just. Um, but I, I very much am into um, the people that are really into him and then writing music. Like, you know, like he's on that new Bleachers record and it's like this perfect kind of vibe. And he did a, a thing, thing with the Killers, too. You mentioning the Killers, they did Dustland Fairy Tale together, like a re-recording of it and stuff. Um, and their new album is like such a Springsteen album, uh, like totally all the way uh, the Killers is. Uh, so... You know that, that's an interesting Bruce note. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff that he influenced comes out. 
Um, anything else about the album before we wrap up? This is one of our shorter episodes, guys. We're like blowing through this. I feel like I forgot to do something. Short, short album. It is yeah, a short, short album. That's true. Yeah, that's a. To be fair. Um, okay, well, I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a glowing review on iTunes. Five stars. We we would really appreciate that. And, of course, you can subscribe uh, so that the episodes conveniently show up on your mobile device, uh, on any of those podcast platform, platforms that you listen to. Uh, you can always send us your comments, disagreements, or suggestions to info at findingemopod.com or on any of the social media networks. Uh, we are can be found at findingemopod. Um We'd love to hear your opinions about this and or the other records we do. Uh, we enjoy those discussions. Uh, they're, they're pretty great. Uh, we've not been, uh, we've had no knockdown drag out fight yet with anyone on, on the <laughs> internet about these. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, it's fun to discuss them. Uh, we're often wrong, though, uh, we find about our little facts and figures sometimes. But uh, that's okay. It's Wikipedia. What can you, what can you do? Uh, so that's it for us. We will catch you next time. Bye.